This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm crazy grateful for all of you who subscribe, share, and leave reviews. If this is your first time, welcome to the Elevate community. Like our home church, Living Word, I and the Elevate leaders work as hard as we can to build an atmosphere of love to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. It would mean the world to us if you helped us get the word out by sharing this episode on social media. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate, visit us at iloveelevate.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. I'm very excited to start or continue the series that we've been on. It's called Step by Step, and we're going through the fruit of the Spirit, and we're not doing it in order. Last week was on peace. If you're interested in hearing it, go check it out on Facebook. You can also listen to the podcast. You can check out uh, Elevate Student Ministry on any podcast platform, uh, or you can get on iloveelevate.com and check it out there. Tonight, we're talking about a completely different one. I want to open with this kind of crazy thought and my personal pet peeve. What if I told you that you had five months and three weeks of empty space in your life, totally unused time? You may be thinking, man, five months and three weeks, I could do, I could do so much travel, the languages that I could learn, the, the friends that I could hang out with, and if you're lazy, the, next, the Netflix shows that I could binge. But what if I told you that that, that five months and three weeks was broken up into such tiny increments as to make that space absolutely worthless. And so I speak the name with vile contempt, and that is red lights. I hate red lights. It has been the bane of my existence ever since I started driving. And believe it or not, according to AAA, the average American will spend 58.6 hours a year sitting at red lights. And if you drive from age 15 to age 85, that's 70 years, you will spend 4,102 hours sitting at red lights. That's 171 24-hour days of empty space. It's, It's forced unproductivity. It just bothers me. So tonight we're talking about patience. I want to open with a verse. Before I get started, I do want to say that just being real, I talk a really good game, but I need to hear this message just as much as anybody. This is an area that God is growing me in. And so tonight, every one of these verses and every one of these topics is absolutely pointed at me that I need to live out of my own life. And so elevate, let's join arms together. But I think that just like we showed last week, it's a lot less about pursuing patience as much as it is just pursuing Jesus and allowing him to rub off on us. And so let's open with Galatians 5, verse 16 through 18. This is Paul writing, and he says, I Say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit against the flesh. So there's this battle going on between the flesh and the Spirit, and he's saying for us to walk by the Spirit. If you go a little bit further down in verse 22, he says this, But the fruit of the Spirit... Here's our key verses, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, I love this, let us also keep in step 
with the Spirit. Keep in step as in our decision is merely to just link arms and walk with the Holy Spirit. I love how that keep in step gives the understanding of relationship. That we, we, I love, last week we read the verses that says that God goes before us, he stands behind us as a rear guard, and he holds our right hand. He is Emmanuel, God with us. There is a relationship that we have with Jesus, and his Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us, who convicts us and directs us. So I need to point out that the fruit of the Spirit are not the works of a Christian. They're the works of the Spirit in us. They're not something that we have a checklist. We go through and we're like, love, cha-ching, got it. Joy, cha-ching, patience. Eh, don't have patience yet. So this week, my new week resolution is patience. Like, that's not it at all. Paul tells us we just keep in step with the Spirit. We just pursue Jesus. I love how Jesus talks about it in John 15, and he says this, abide in me and I in you. Hear that relationship? That linking of arms? As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he or she that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't bear fruit. We can't decide today I'm going to be more joyful. All we can do is abide in Jesus. And we, as that branch that are grafted into the vine of Christ, we begin to absorb the sap and the nutrients of who he is. His Holy Spirit begins to run through our veins. And out of that, we produce fruit. It is all because of Jesus. And so don't miss this. It is anchored into a relationship with Christ. Abide in me and I in you. It's that step-by-step, moment-by-moment relationship with Jesus. So tonight's emphasis is patience. And I've already let you know one of my pet peeves is sitting at red lights. I need to grow in patience. So tonight isn't about pursuing patience. It's about, nor is it about waiting to get what we want. That's what the world is already doing. The world is pursuing patience. The world is waiting to get what they want. No, no, tonight is about what a life of a believer looks like who follows Jesus. And the life of a believer who follows Jesus is patient. Because there's always going to be something that we have to wait on. As long as there are seasons, there's, and as long as there's a created order of those seasons, we'll always be looking towards a season that is coming. We'll always have something to wait on. I love how Ecclesiastes says it in verse 3. And this little chunk that we're going to read is the absolute centerpiece of the whole book of Ecclesiastes. Everything comes back to this. And he says this, For everything there is a season, thank you Solomon and all your wisdom, and a time for every matter under heaven, bear with me, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and heal, to break down and to build up, to weep, to laugh, to mourn and dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and lose, to keep and to cast away, to tear and to sow, to keep silent and to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. As long as we are discontent with the time that we are presently in, we will always be waiting for something. I don't want you to miss that. I want to say it again. As long as we are discontent with the season that we are in, we will always be having to wait on something. 
Verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon says this, He has made, he is in God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Wait a minute. Solomon, you're talking about time for war and, and, and a time for death. Like, how can that be? A time to throw away and to tear. And yet, before God, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Like, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but God does. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all of his work. This is God's gift to man. What is God's gift to man? It's contentment in the moment, embracing the little joys and enjoying the little victories. To stop waiting for what's next and start saying, right now, God has made beauty. And I'm going to embrace that. But what if our circumstances aren't just waiting at a red light? What if they're a lot more painful? What if they're full of a lot more troubles than just a couple minutes twiddling our thumbs? Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 3. Here's our verse for tonight that we're going to keep coming back to. We also have joy with our troubles. Our tribulation, our pain, our suffering, we also have joy with our troubles. Because we know that these troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. And this hope will never disappoint us, because God has poured out his love to fill our hearts. He gave us his love through the Holy Spirit, there's the Holy Spirit again, that we're walking in, whom God has given to us. Isn't that crazy? A Jesus follower has both hope and joy in times of trouble, in times of suffering, in difficulty, with challenges. Joy comes from looking forward and seeing that there's hope on the horizon. Hope is an expectancy that God is going to do his good work. And the two links between our problematic circumstances and this hope is patience and character. Character comes from the Greek and Latin word, which means uh, it, it gives the idea of the marks that are made in clay by an etching tool. You've seen like those old uh, the writings and tablets. Imagine the etching tool chiseling away, creating that language and that, and that clay. And that is what is on us. We have character that's been formed by our experiences, our hurts, our pains, our successes. And that character is reflected to people. Have you ever heard it said about somebody, that is a man of great character? It's because when you look at his life, you see etched into him his values. You see etched into him his consistency and what he's able to be relied on to do. Hope and character are the products of patience. Patience is formed in the crucible of struggles, formed in the crucible of trouble and hard times. That's where patience is built. Consider for a minute the people that you know and respect that are the most solid, the most humble, and the most patient. Whenever you get to know their stories, you always find out that they're the people that you know that have endured the most pain. Think about that. Think about the people in your life that you respect the most. Whenever you learn their backstory, you're just overwhelmed by the things that they've come through. That is one of the evidences of people that walk with Jesus. You see, whenever we deal with struggles and pain, that suffering and difficulty Pay attention here. That suffering and difficulty either make you bitter or they make you beautiful. They make you bitter 
or they make you beautiful. That pain either creates in us this hard heart that is, that is disgruntled and angry and frustrated or creates in us someone who is malleable for the Lord to work on, somebody who understands and empathizes with other people, someone who is patient in waiting for God to move. What is the difference between someone who becomes bitter and someone who becomes beautiful and struggles? And it's simply this. It's in that verse that we just read. It's that our hope and joy and patience is in loving our God who gave us the Holy Spirit that we walk with. It's the people that walk with God step by step. And those troubles, that etching tool that's in their lives is handled by the Holy Spirit that that creates in them a beautiful picture versus an etching tool of, of struggles that just erodes and breaks away somebody. I love looking at the Psalms because you get such real emotion. How does the psalmist deal with waiting? Psalm 121. We're going to read the whole Psalm. It's short. Bear with me. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. We're going to skip a verse or two. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The psalmist is saying, when I'm in trouble, do I look to the mountains for my allies to come help me? Am I looking for friends to come save me? Where does my help come from? No, my help comes from the Lord. It comes from my almighty creator who has set in motion all of my days, who is sovereign over my situations. And he never closes his eyes. He never gets tired. He is always present. He is always watching. He is always hearing me. And he leads me forever. What a beautiful psalm. There are two things that we can wait on, two different directions that we can go. There's the bitter route and there's the beautiful route. We can either wait on our circumstances to change. That's number one. We can either wait on circumstances to change. And I've got an illustration for this. And you're going to have to bear with me because this is going to be a, a unique and taxing illustration. I have a backpack here. I'm back. This is my heavy-duty backpack. I'm going to put a 10-pound weight into it. And I have asked Mr. Miko if for every three minutes for the rest of this sermon, if he would come up and put a 5 or a 10-pound weight in the back. Because I want you to understand something about waiting. There's just enough space. I think you ought to be able to slide it in there. Waiting on circumstances is arduous. It's taxing and tiring, like picking up a weight to carry. And we feel, whenever we're waiting on something, we feel as if we won't experience relief, we won't experience that putting down of the weight until our circumstances have changed. That's what it's like when we're waiting on something that's difficult. We're taking on weight. And out of the strain of carrying that weight, out of the strain of waiting to finally put that weight down, for our circumstances to finally change, we become stressed. We begin to have anxiety. We start to act out of anger and frustration. Carrying that weight takes a toll on us. It causes stress, fear. It robs us of our peace and our health. Here, just, just quick, this took me like a two-second Google search. Some of the symptoms of stress, and these are only a few that I narrowed down. We become easily agitated. We feel overwhelmed. We develop, um, 
We, we have difficulty relaxing. We develop low self-esteem, inability to focus, low energy, headaches, digestive issues, aches, intense muscles, a loss of sleep, a lower immune system, mental health problems, heart disease, hair and skin problems, stomach issues. The list goes on and on and on. Because when we're constantly discontent with where we are now and we're always waiting to put the weight down, it begins to take a toll on us mentally, spiritually, physically. So we can wait on our circumstances to change or we can wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. What does that mean and what does that look like? Because remember, we're not pursuing patience. We're going to pursue Jesus. And Jesus rubbing off on us will create people, will create a man or a woman of patience. Notice I didn't say we're going to wait on the Lord to change our circumstances. I didn't say even that we're going to wait on the Lord to change us. Sometimes he changes our circumstances. Sometimes he changes us. But all the time, he is doing exactly what he wants according to his glory and for our good. And so waiting on the Lord is a very different perspective than just waiting on our circumstances to change. Waiting on circumstances is full of anxiety and distraction, discouragement, unforgiveness, frustration, anger, and disillusionment. Waiting on the Lord is infused with hope, rest, peace, attention to God's direction, and a heart that's ready to receive from him. We can either take matters into our own hands, or we can begin to pursue our all-powerful, sovereign creator and begin surrendering our circumstances into his hands. Look at Solomon's view of God. This is later in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. I love this. This is Solomon. This is how he sees God. Thank you, Miko. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it or taken away from it. As in, it doesn't matter how hard we work for something. If God's plan is sovereign, we don't change it. Nothing can be added or taken away from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Solomon, living at 1000 BC, holds a theology of God being sovereignly in control. That whatever happens tomorrow has already been seen and ordered by the God of the universe. What already has happened yesterday has already been in his hands. And we are right there in the middle and God is in control. Every one of the fruit of the Spirit comes back to a relationship with that God, walking step by step with his Holy Spirit. Our eyes are taken off of our stressful circumstances, and they're reoriented to be on the Lord, who is in control. And if this is true, here's the process for a follower of Jesus. Here is what a spiritually mature Christian would look like. Number one, They are confronted with the troubling circumstances. It arrives and it requires us to wait. Number two, a follower of Christ would remember God's sovereign control, his power and his might and his love for us. Number three, a follower of Jesus would choose to wait on the Lord. And instead of trying to change and force circumstances, begin to surrender circumstances to him. 
And then number four is completely out of our hands. The fruit of patience is produced through the Holy Spirit in us while we're spending time growing in our relationship with Jesus. Him just rubbing off on us, marinating in his presence. So that whenever we're squeezed, what splatters is just Jesus. What splatters, whenever we're squeezed and stressed, what, what drips out is just his fruit. It's things like peace and patience and the rest of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I love this proverb. This is one to memorize. And I'm using a familiar verse so that it, I hope that it plants itself in your memory. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. You, I hope that you already know it by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do you hear both sides of that? Do you hear the process of a mature follower of Christ? That whenever a circumstance comes that's difficult or challenging, thank you, Miko, the believer responds by trusting in the Lord, by surrendering to him, by pressing in to remembering his sovereignty and knowing him more. And then out of that comes the fruit of patience. Psalm 135 through 6, I wait for the Lord, all my soul waits, and in his word I hope my soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. What is it that the watchman? It's the picture of these men that are waiting on the walls, and they're looking out for their city, and they're making sure that no enemies attack in the night, and they're waiting for the morning to come so that they're relieved from their post, and they know that they haven't been attacked in the middle of the night. How do they know that the morning has come? Because the sun comes over the horizon. Because it did yesterday, and the day before that, and the day before that. You know what? Tomorrow, that same sun's going to come over the horizon again and again and again. And it's no coincidence that God is over and over again compared to the sun because he is consistent. The psalmist here is waiting for the Lord because the Lord is always consistent. He is always faithful to his word. And what are we waiting on the Lord to do? Psalm 37, 5 through 8. Commit your way to the Lord. You hear that? You hear that surrender? Commit your way to the Lord. Not fixing stuff, not forcing stuff. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. We're waiting on the Lord to act. We're waiting on him to be sovereign over the circumstances. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret, don't stress. It only tends to lead to evil. Like, think about that. Stop stressing. Stop looking around at how other people seem to be succeeding. Give it up. Turn your eyes from the circumstances to a faithful God who is at work, who will act. Psalm 46.10, I love this. May we employ this in our lives this week, in our time with Jesus. 46 verse 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. Think about that. Think about what it means that he is God. What is that? What are the implications of that in our lives? What are the implications in our circumstances? Be still and know that he is God. 
How many times do we get caught up in our crazy lifestyles and everything is noisy? Everything is just rush, 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 rush. How often are we just still and quiet and begin to surrender to the God of the universe that is in control? Remember, the steps of of Christ's follower look like this. We're confronted with circumstances. We remember that he is sovereign and in control. We remember that he is God. We wait on him through faith and through that rubbing off on us. We become a people of patience. And here's just a few of his promises. Another familiar verse. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. Here you go. If any of you guys are dealing with with struggles and pain right now, here's a verse that you can hold on to as you try to change your, your vision from your circumstances to your God, to your loving Father. Here's a verse you can hang on to. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall fall and be weary. Even young men shall faint exhausted, but they who wait on the Lord renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I can tell you right now that as long as my my eyes are on my circumstances, as long as I am weighed down by the stress and the pressures and my my focus is only on what's going on, I can tell you that I'm not going to be able to run. I can tell you that it would be very difficult and I would definitely faint very fast with now 40 pounds, no, Yeah, 40 pounds in my backpack. It would be tough. But those who wait on the Lord, those whose eyes aren't on circumstances and troubles, but their eyes are now on him, they will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Troubling circumstances. We remember who our God is. We wait on him. We press into relationship with him. And then he produces patience. I got permission to tell this story. And it's something that's really touched me and has been close in my life and something that Jackie and I have been praying for often. And it's a story right now happening today of Michael Carlos. You may know Mr. Miko and Pat Pat Carlos, they're amazing teachers. They're active in the youth ministry. They're they're my heroes in in many, many ways. Um, Their son, Michael, is dealing and has dealt with for for portions of his life with Crohn's disease. And if you don't know what that is, that is where he gets chronic pain down in his stomach. And this has been coupled by pain in his back that they haven't been able to explain up until now. And they don't know the reason yet. And I can tell you that he's in pain 24-7 for longer than a month now. 24-7 pain. And the nights are worse than the day. And the nights he has these flare-ups that that are just severe and chronic. And sitting down with his father, Mr. Miko, I've seen him reach for words that are severe enough to try to communicate to me the the pain that he sees in his son. I'm I'm a new father, but I'm watching a, a seasoned father watch his his boy hurt and feel like his hands are tied and there's nothing to do but to go to God and wait on him and it really touched me yesterday in a conversation that we had when in the middle of this in this this conversation with Mr. Miko 
and I'm, I'm seeing him hurt for his son. And I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if I was in his shoes. And he stops and he looks up at me, both with, with tears and a smile. And he says, but Dom, I'm so proud of how my son suffers, of how he suffers. And he went on to tell me about that in the, in the worst of the flare-ups in the middle of the night, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, doing everything they can to try to relieve this pain. In the worst of it, Michael asks for worship music to be played. And sometimes the pain is so bad that all he can do is grit his teeth. And sometimes he tries to whisper and sing along with the worship songs. You see, Miko is... Miko has taught his son something that is, that is earth-shattering when it comes to Christian maturity. Michael has grasped something in his own relationship with Jesus that is separate from his parents. He has come to a place of maturity that understands that whenever everything gets hard, when troubles are real, when difficulties are painful, to take his eyes off of his circumstances and place them onto the, the unmovable, unmovable rock, the God of his salvation, the God whose promises are that if we will wait on him, We'll rise with the wings as eagles. If we'll wait on him, we'll renew our strength. We'll run and not grow weary. It's a complete shift of perspective. And we see this played out in Michael's life. In the middle of the night, in the worst of his pain, he worships. And he calls on his God. And he calls out in joy and hope in worship. To tell God that God is awesome despite his present circumstances. I want to go back and read Romans 5 one more time. Romans 5, 3 through 5. We also have joy in our troubles because we know that these troubles, these pains, these sufferings, these anxieties produce patience. And patience produces character. What kind of character is being produced in Michael Carlos right now? What is being etched into who he is as a man of God? And character produces hope. And this hope will never disappoint us because God has poured out his love to fill our hearts. He gave us his love through the Holy Spirit whom God has given to us. Elevate, I'm telling you, suffering and difficulty either make you bitter or they make you beautiful. We either wait on our circumstances to change or we wait on the Lord. I just received an update hours ago from Miss Pat. And because of some doors that God opened yesterday, he was able to see a new doctor who was able to give him new medications. And last night he slept from 11 p.m. to 9 a.m. this morning. His longest stretches of sleep in a long time. He's able to eat and feel human again. This message was written before I had that, that amazing news. Because even before he knew the outcome, before he knew that he'd finally get relief today, and his battle isn't over. Right now, they're just band-aiding the pain. Before his circumstances are gone, before he has had change, he's already relying and looking and waiting on his God, on his hope and his peace. Remember, we don't pursue patience. We pursue Jesus. We walk with him hand in hand. We begin to, to talk to him and allow him to lead. We, we press into his word to hear his voice clearly through his scriptures. And from that relationship, Jesus rubs off on us. 
and we become followers of Jesus who are patient. The only relief that we will have is to take our eyes off our circumstances. I have 50 pounds in my backpack right now. I feel like it's about to rip. And I'm telling you that as long as I'm anchored in the weight, I will be weighed down. And I can't live my life, you can't live your life waiting on circumstances to fix themselves because we will always have something else that we have to wait on. Our life is full of seasons. The only relief, the only hope that God has given us, 60 pounds, the only hope that God has given us is that we turn our eyes from our circumstances to hope in him. The only thing that we can do, and I challenge you, elevate tonight to begin to surrender waiting on circumstances to change and to begin to press into the hope and joy of a relationship with Jesus to let him renew your mind to press into him to let him show you the beauty of what circumstances you're in elevate challenge you to lay down the weight and press into Jesus Christ he is so worth it is so beautifully given us the opportunity to know him. He is Emmanuel, awesome, transcendent creator. God is saying, will you lay down the weight at my feet? Will you let me carry your weight? Will you surrender your circumstances into my hands? That's too heavy for you to carry. Let go of the anxiety. Give this, give this to the only one. The only one who can carry it. back to relationship with Jesus. I told you last week that every week I'm going to present three different ways that we can spend time with Jesus each week. Last week was prayer and stargazing, and I forget what the third one was, but here it is. Write these down. I challenge you to take on one of these. The first one comes right out of the scriptures that we read. The first one is to take some time and just be still and quiet to remember that He is God. I challenge you may not be easy at first to be still and quiet and know that he is God. The second one is beautiful in its own right. It's to do some sort of art project as worship. It could be painting or clay. It could be, I don't know, you make it up, whatever you think would be fun. Do an art project as worship. Let that be an offering to the Lord. And the third one is this, to find a Bible story and to imagine all the details. Put yourself into the Bible story and walk through it from beginning to end and imagine what the air smelt like. Imagine the feelings of every character involved. Begin to live through this story to understand what God was doing. Feel the emotions of people that were saved by God's grace. Feel the experiences of people that had God be faithful in their lives. So there you are, the three. Be still and know that he is God or have fun doing an art project as worship or read a Bible story and just engage it. Put yourself into it. Let's 
Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this series on the fruit of your spirit. Holy Spirit, we wait on you. And in this hope, we will never be disappointed. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Thank you, Lord, for patience. Thank you, Lord, for every fruit of the Spirit that comes through us because of our being joined to you, us in you and you in us, grafted into the vine of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you for the troubles. Thank you for the challenges. Thank you for the etching that you are doing in our lives. Lord, as human creatures, we hate every minute of it. We always want to avoid and get out of these kinds of circumstances, but you see them as beautiful in our lives. And I don't fully understand that, but Lord, I'm willing to surrender. I'm willing to turn my gaze. And I pray, Lord, that we, as the body of Christ, are willing to reorient ourselves from waiting for the circumstances to end into waiting on you, pressing in to loving you more and feeling your love saturate our lives. We love you, Holy Father God. And it's in you that we put our trust. It is in you that we look to for hope. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. I love you, Elevate. Throughout the week, make sure to check out our Instagram. There's tons of stuff going on on Instagram. Look back, we just finished a 15-day journey through the Bible in 15 minutes. We went through the whole Bible, Genesis, all the way through the story. Also stay tuned. Uh, There's tons of stuff coming towards you. We'll have the live cast of Sunday morning service regular posts. And then immediately after this, beginning in about five minutes, e-group leaders are going to be reaching out to you to do virtual e-groups through Zoom. You don't need to do anything. All they'll do is just send you a link in your text messages or email and just tap on the link and we'll have virtual e-groups together. I love you, Elevate. Have a great week and I'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students, 7th through 12th grades, are welcome.